Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came to him and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, no. For in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first. Bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. This is the gospel of the Lord. Parables leave much to be desired. They are often unclear, leaving us with more doubt than certainty about their meaning. They're evocative in their simplicity using everyday common elements from life. Most parables don't come with interpretations, which is why I didn't read the one assigned with this text. You can read it. There's an explanation given about what everything stands for, but interpretations are often added later in Scripture, just like the one for today's parable was. And they can veer from the parable itself, allegorizing or assigning emphasis in a way that it wasn't really meant to. And so if we take the parable just as it is, all by itself, we're left wondering, what's it mean? What's it about? Perhaps it's about evil. Even without the interpretation, it's not a stretch for someone to read that the weeds are bad things and that the enemy is the devil. If you're a gardener or a farmer, you would see that. Yet, if it's about evil, we don't really get any answers to the questions that we might have. I mean, surely it's not as simple as God wasn't paying attention or that God was asleep and the devil saw an opportunity. That might raise more questions about God's attention span or does God sleep? And nowhere in the parable are we told, why is evil still a present force? If anything, the parable simply confirms our experience in the world that evil does in fact exist. We see it, we experience it, and if we're honest with ourselves, we have participated in it knowingly or unknowingly. So if the parable isn't about evil, what else then? Maybe it's about who gets into heaven and who doesn't. Are we wheat or are we weeds? Isn't that what we really want to know after all? Am I going into the barn or am I going to the burn pile? But I think this raises even more questions than the problem of evil. Is it eternally decided, 
if you are wheat or are you weeds? How can you know? If you are a weed, is there any way for you to become wheat or vice versa? Science and gardeners would say no. It's not like you can plant an onion and harvest a tomato. And if, how, so how could that ever be fair? If that's what this parable is about, then God seems nothing more than an unjust gardener. Yet I don't think that that's what this parable is about either. More than anything, I think the parable is about ambiguity, decisions, and hope. The sower had a choice. Pull the weeds and risk the wheat, or wait. Let the weeds grow right there beside the wheat. We too live in a world full of good and bad, wheat and weeds right there beside each other. Every month and every week, really every day, we are faced with decisions where the answers aren't clear. There's no easy decision to be made. The parable exemplifies this more than we English readers realize. The word for weeds here doesn't apply just to any weed, like a dandelion or a crabgrass, but rather it's something more specific. The, the word in Greek for weed is zazion. It's a type of weed we call darnel. The trick is darnel looks just like wheat. Take a look at this picture. Can you tell which one is wheat, which one is darnel? When both crops are unripe and green, you can hardly tell the difference. When they are ripe, though, the seed of the darnel becomes darker than the wheat. If one consumes a lot of darnel, Say you harvest what you thought to be wheat and you bake a bunch of loaves of bread, that darnel is poisonous. And it can cause awful damage to one's insides, even resulting in death. It can be a deadly error, mistaking weeds for wheat. And yet it's so hard to tell them apart. Same is true in our own lives, no? It can be so hard to tell the difference between right and wrong, good and bad, the just choice versus the unjust. And yet we still have to make a decision. Do we stay married or do we get a divorce? Do I take this new job that's full of potential and uncertainty or do I stay in the life-sucking yet stable job that I have now? Do I help my addict family member? And if so, how? Money? A place to stay? And yet, will my family be safe? Do I continue treatment that's worse than the disease? 
Or do I cut my life short? And how do I make that decision for a loved one? Do I go to the school that's the best or the most affordable? Do I approach that family member or that friend about what they said or what they did? Or do I just keep the peace? Some decisions are harder than others, no doubt. And often it'll take time to know if we made the right choice, if we get to know that at all in this lifetime. What we do know is that we won't always get it right. As a congregation, as a family, for, even for yourself, we haven't and we won't always make the right decisions. In thinking we are doing something good, we will pull up wheat instead of weeds. And just when we think our crop is nothing but darnel, the harvest turns out to be the most beautiful wheat. The decisions we face are difficult. The promise in this parable isn't that because of our faith that we'll always make the right choice. Nor is it that the choices that we face are any easier than they are for anyone else. And that's okay. Because the truth is, we aren't saved by our decisions. No, we're saved only by the grace of Jesus. The promise then of this parable is that regardless of our decisions, right and wrong, somehow God will sort it all out in the end. That's the hope by which we are saved, as St. Paul says. Meaning we need not worry, we need not fret about every decision that we make, whether it's right or it's wrong. Instead, you, me, all of us are freed by grace to live in the moment, to make your reverent best guess, and to trust that the only absolute in this life is the absolution we receive every time we confess when we got it wrong, just like we did this morning. I'm reminded of one of my favorite poems, one by Boris Novak, aptly titled Decisions. He writes, between two words, choose the quieter one. Between word and silence, choose listening. Between two books, choose the dustier one. Between the earth and the sky, choose a bird. Between two animals, choose the one who needs you more. Between two children, choose both. Between the lesser and the bigger evil, choose neither. Between hope and despair, choose hope. It will be harder to bear. Regardless of what decisions are before you or what decisions you have already made, do not despair. Choose hope. Trusting not in your own decisions, but in the grace of Jesus and believing that God will sort it all out in the end, judging not with fairness, but with mercy and love. Amen.